This is The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Catherine Cruz. Today, we're sharing a collection of Hanahoe rebroadcast stories of local businesses started during the pandemic. But first, we start with a fresh conversation about a company that's just a few months old. Last year's economic shutdown due to COVID-19 caused many Hawaii rental companies to sell off a significant portion of its fleet. But now that visitor arrivals are back to pre-pandemic levels, rental cars are either sold out or very expensive. While some visitors have turned to peer-to-peer car rental sites like Turo, one local businessman is offering a different option. It's called Holo Holo. It's a ride-sharing app, much like Uber or Lyft, and it's marketing its services exclusively to Hawaii residents. It was started by Cecil Morton. He's been in the local ground transportation industry for 27 years as CEO of businesses like Speedy Shuttle and Arthur's Limousine Service. What prompted Morton to start the business? Well, the conversations Russell Subiano sat down with him to learn more. Can you give our listeners a short summary of what Holo Holo is? Well, Holo Holo is a technology app that connects riders with providers slash drivers. Over the years, we have provided all different sorts of passenger ground transportation, still do, another format, other platforms, and this was a natural offering, another option, which is hail it from your phone. I love your guy's name. When I was growing up, Holo Holo was something my dad said when he was planning to go fishing. He said if he said the word fishing out loud, the fish would hear him and hide. And so he used Holo Holo (laughs) instead. So how did you guys come to choose the name? Well, when I had this idea, I was sitting with my children, my son and my daughter, in a restaurant on the island of Maui. I think it was back in September, October of last year. And I said, so what do you think, guys? Uh, We should name this business. And my daughter immediately said, Holo Holo. And I said, really? I said, what does that mean to you? And she said, let's go cruising. Yeah. I said, well, you know what? It's absolutely perfect. The pandemic caused rental car companies to sell off a significant portion of their inventory. And now visitor arrivals are almost back to pre-pandemic levels. But rental cars are either sold out or too expensive. Holo Holo became available to riders in June. And it kind of seems like it was started in response to some of the effects of the pandemic During the pandemic, I actually had to shut down our other services, which have been around for over 20 years Mm -hmm. here in Hawaii, Speedy Shuttle, Arthur's Limousine, Hawaii Executive Transportation, and EMI Tours. And, And during that period where we all didn't know when we were going to welcome people back to the state, I thought about different ideas to maybe diversify. And what came about was the technology to enter into this domain to offer this other option. So, yes, it did happen during uh, the pandemic period. You know, upon initial look, the quickest comparisons will be drawn to Uber and Lyft. How is Holo Holo different for riders? Well, first of all, it's the same technology with the exception we don't have surge pricing. So we we want to make sure that From the perspective of the rider, the price you get upon hailing or prearranging your your service is the price you pay once you get to your final destination, where the other technology gives you an estimate up front and could, in fact, be surge pricing due to the high demand and low low inventory of cars slash drivers. And then the enhancement that we've also offered is that we have drive-in offices on all island. So we can meet with the drivers, talk story with the drivers, qualify. It's it's another layer of qualifications by meeting them, making sure they have whole keep, making sure that their car is as nice as the lens 
takes a picture of it. And then for the riders, we have staff, live staff on board to answer emails, requests that come in at hopefully a, a moment's notice as opposed to waiting days to get a response, if, if any. Oh, that's good. That's good. I know that a lot of the issues with some of the other businesses is that the, the surge pricing and a lack of response. So it's good to know that Holoholo is local and they'll respond quickly. In addition to what's different for riders, is there anything different about Holoholo for the drivers? Well, I'm glad you asked because I did want to add that the benefit of what we have to offer drivers not only is predictable income, is prearranged service that they can secure in advance, knowing that they can plan their day, their lifestyle, based on prearranged requests for service, as well as while they're on the road on-demand service. And then, of course, we've gone one step further than having the face-to-face community-building relationship by having our offices, but also offering some services that we feel will benefit them operating their their business. Being in the transportation business for years, owning fleets of vehicles, we know the cost of operating vehicles and which includes maintenance and insurance and parts and and labor that you have to maintain a safe operating environment. So we have on Oahu, we have a, a relationship with an auto body firm that we happen to own as another sister company. So if anyone needs body work, we have that opportunity to get you your vehicle in and out as quickly as possible because we understand that time is money. And also, we're building those relationships. We have another benefit that we offer on the island of Hawaii, where you grew up, and and Maui, where fuel prices with our fuel vendor partner, local community-owned business, provides discounted fuel where otherwise, as an individual, you would not be able to purchase at that low pricing. It it does sound like there's a lot of perks to being a driver for the business as well. That's that's good to hear. And what kind of response have you seen since you launched in June? Well, from the riders' perspective, yeah. we're so you know excited to know that you know the downloads have been. I mean, we have over ten thousand downloads right, right. right. Uh, about for that. apps for riders, and we have drivers that are coming in daily through the app and they go through this process and, you know, hundreds of drivers and, you know, we want a whole lot more because we want to be able to have Holo Holo as the choice or the premier choice. So more drivers to satisfy the demand that we have been so fortunate to have at such an early stage in our second month for riders to hook up with drivers. I see that you're, you have a presence on all of the, the major islands. And I know that your experience in the local transportation industry is long. I know that you, you have deep roots here. Does that put you in a really good position to be able to launch a new transportation business at a time when a lot of other local businesses are still recovering from the pandemic? Well, I believe that building any relationship, no matter what it is, if it's it's all about being close to your audience, close to the people that you are building, in this case, a business to reach out to the market that you believe is the market that's going to buy your services. So, yes, being local is important. Being on every island with, as my daughter says, human beings is very important in a world that's 
that's so distant sometimes with texting and emailing and and it's getting back to the warm and fuzzy of being in front of people now that we can do that because we've all gone through such distant communications over over the last year. And I, I love the idea that this is a local company from a, a local family, and I'm, I'm excited to to kind of see how the state responds to it. Is there is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Anything you want to underscore about the the business? Well, you know, we're just, you know, so, so happy to know that we can support the community as we're building our, our relationships for Holo Holo drivers and riders with community-based businesses. We love the reciprocal relationship where when you think of rideshare, think Holo Holo. We base our service on Holokipa, being proud of the fact that we're from here and that we can create an experience that isn't just ordinary, that's extraordinary, and that that's our mission. And we want to make it easy for people to do business with us. And the people I'm referring to are the drivers as well as the riders. They're both our customers, both our mission, to have this service, another option that we have amongst the other options that we have in our you know sister companies. Well, I thank you for your time, Cecil. Have a great day. Great. Likewise. That was Holo Holo owner and CEO Cecil Morton talking with our Russell Subiano. The Holo Holo app can be downloaded from the iTunes Store or Google Play. For more information on using Holo Holo as a rider or becoming a driver, check out the link on our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. Got kids? You may know a thing or two about parenting hell during a pandemic. With Hawaii's public schools starting their fall semester next week, that nightmare may be ending for some parents. But for those choosing to continue with distance learning, Karen Gibson is here to help. She's a parent and an educator. She runs a local tutoring business. And last year, she wanted to help stress parents because she knows it is hard tutoring your own children while trying to work at home. She began sharing parenting tips on social media, which turned into a book entitled 100 Parenting Tips Inspired by the Pandemic. Here's Gibson. Last August, my friend from Kauai said, why don't you just do a couple of weeks of parenting tips? So I did daily lives on Facebook, and I just came up with these parenting tips until the school year started. Because I am a full-time tutor. My brain builder's business started in um, 1999. So I just started doing some virtual tutoring, which I wasn't sure if it would um, take because I have a lot of, you know, kids who have attention deficit um, problems, but it was really, really effective. I think when you have one-on-one, you know, it, it works better than when they're one of, you know, 20 squares. Then I just ended up doing it. I did, ended up doing 100 of them, and then I did 100 Instagram lives based on each of the parenting tips, and then I decided to turn it into a book. Okay, so like what ki- kinds of tips are we talking about and what, what age group? Oh, it, it runs a gamut. I have some, let me see, let's just see if I do parenting tip number 57. You know, the art of being interested, that could be at age three, if they're interested in building Legos to, eight, you know, the teenage years, right? If they're into um, Fortnite, say I, I have girls, but I noticed that my 
by students who are teen boys, the way that I connect with them is finding out what they're interested in. So I think that it's really all ages. I have 58 is create a consistent bedtime routine, which could be reading a story while they're, you know, in bed to um, making sure that all devices are turned off if they're 16 between the ages of what I was. Well, actually, all, all kids now are are addicted to electronics, so make sure that all the electronics are removed, you know. Um, distance learning, of course, the challenges continue, but it just started way back in August. So it's um, the power of learning pods, so you find other parents, other children who are in the same grade, and you folks can actually create your own little support group. Yes, I mean, I understand that people are are doing that and, and are, I guess, modifying this whole homeschool concept where it's kind of like a co-op, right? Uh Yes, it definitely is a co-op. And that way, it's not just limited to um, your school. It could be globally, you know. And I know a lot of states, I I think I remember um, starting um, research in California where they did learning pods. And then when I interviewed someone in YPO, she said, that's what I'm going to do. But they were doing social distancing with three kindergartners who would come over, social distance, and actually having them physically in person which is awesome if you have little ones, right? And then teenagers, I mean, if they're already into the FaceTiming and doing things, you know, virtually. So if you had your friends who are not always in your class, you know, since now they're, when you're, I think right now, like Milani is just twice a week and it's according to last name. So if your friend is not, you know, in your group, you might not even see them. But if you schedule time outside of class, you know, you can have your own, your, your mini study group virtually. Yeah, so it's just a nice way to connect with a different maybe group of kids. Yes, definitely. Some of these tips, though, I would think are just kind of common sense, right? (laughs) Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was telling my friends, I mean, it's like focus on the right things or teaching your child the power of positive quitting. I mean, I started off with just distance learning, you know, make a schedule, put it on your fridge, uh, make sure that your kids really take the time to even stretch or do some kind of physical activity in between classes. But then it changed to or incorporated, like change your child's bad mood, you know, by making them feel loved. I'm a strong, um, as a parent coach, you know, the five love languages and just dealing with the, the behavioral, you know, the attitudes. And then it started becoming more of just like you said, common sense tips, but sometimes it's hard to remain level-headed, you know, when you're about to lose it and everything <laughs> goes out the window because you're so upset at, you know, the present moment. Well, yeah, because parents are having to work remotely and then they've got to supervise, you know, and be the teacher at home, you know, with multiple children online and maybe you don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to support all this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually have to do the Google Meets. I mean, I have to go on to Google Classroom, and so I am tutoring virtually and logging on as them, and then we sometimes have Internet issues or the teacher didn't really um, attach a certain document or video, and I have one hour with them and then with technical issues, you know, already involved sometimes, right? Their Internet, something goes wrong with their Internet, or sometimes the teacher doesn't know how to log on. I had a student who couldn't log on for two days because their their new teacher didn't know how to um, have the students, you know, come into her his classroom, his virtual classroom. Yeah, everybody's at just varying levels when it comes to the technology, and depending whether yes. you have an iPhone or a tablet or a, a laptop or a desktop. 
Right, right. So depending on, and then if your battery dies and midway, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to switch onto my iPad. Hold on. And then you just have to wait until they plug in their charger. And yeah, it's been a challenge, definitely. So is there anything along the lines of just pandemic protocols, you know, with little ones? Well, you know what it is? No matter what age, I think the pandemic protocol is truly connecting with your child. I mean, we're so focused on the grade, the curriculum, logging on, making sure that your five-year-old is paying attention. But if the focus is just on academic achievement and checking off all the homework assignments, the child won't feel, you know, cared for, won't feel validated. I noticed that a lot of the, I've, I've also interviewed teenagers and adults who are in college, and some of them, actually all of them say all they want is to be worthy, right? They want to feel worthy. They want to be heard, understood, and not have so much pressure on academics. I had a five-year-old say, yeah, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little stressed. And I said, why? Because sometimes I get it wrong. So my whole message is, it's okay if you get it wrong. And he looked at me and he said, no, I I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm. Because, you know, the teacher will either, right, send some message where, nope, nope, that's wrong, that's wrong. And if you're sensitive, right, yeah. then you feel that you failed. And I was distressed to read a story about how absenteeism is up in many of our schools. So the learning isn't happening. And I don't know if you've got tips for that. Well, you know what it is? I mean, I actually being next to a child who has to log on, and some of these kids are logging on and then playing video games. They're logging on and then taking an hour and a half shower. But knowing that if you were, I tell parents, if you were to take a tax class every single day virtually or something that you just cannot stand, you don't see value in it, but you keep having to do it, plus you get lectured, and then you have homework on top of it, you don't see any value in it. It's truly, I think, just giving kids just the understanding that, you know what, it's okay. It's truly okay, and then find out from them why they are not logging on or why they are missing assignments, but not letting them feel, like, guilty or that, you know what, you will fall behind from now on. You will never catch up because those messages will cause kids to not even sign on, you know, when they feel so um, behind. And that's my whole message is that we can educate them outside of the classroom, inside of our homes, and it doesn't have to be academically related. I was intrigued to see that the school board voted to offer free summer school. Many mm-hmm. of the private schools are offering also the classes to prep for the, the fall. If the kids have fallen behind, you want them to catch up? Yes, and I think that's what I was just telling my student today, a sixth grader who said, I failed it, I did the retake, but I'm going to have to do another, they're letting me do another retake because most of the class failed it. And it was a vocabulary test based on a CNN news segment. And I said, that means a lot of kids have to retake it if she's letting you do a third retake. So I think that the teachers also are realizing that, yeah, the kids, you know, could use extra help. And if families can't afford summer school, which is pretty pricey, what better way than offering, you know, free summer school to have them catch up? If parents want to pick up your book, where can they find it? It's on um, Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble, Google Books. It's published by Balboa Press, so they actually have it available with Canada publishers. And But, but the easiest way, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and then, of course, Google Books.
And there's all 100 parenting tips in the book as well as on my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel called Letting Go with Aloha. We have all 100 parenting tips recorded. Plus, I have interviews, you know, with mental health specialists, with parents, grandparents. So it's kind of interesting to see how other parents have, you know, their own tips or how they overcame these pandemic challenges. That was Karen Gibson, a tutor and a parent who compiled tips for other parents trying to juggle working remotely at home while their children were attending school online. Uh, It became a book entitled 100 Parenting Tips Inspired by the Pandemic. Gibson says she'll be doing her first book signing on August 6th from 10 to 3 p.m. at the Mililani branch of the Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Stop by if you're in the area. The impacts of pandemic restrictions led to many companies having to lay off employees last year. One Oahu couple found themselves out of a job, but have emerged as entrepreneurs. Zach Villanueva started making ice cream as a hobby. Prior to the pandemic, he worked full-time at Kohana Distillers in Kunia, but was laid off as agritourism disappeared. His longtime girlfriend, Courtney Rowe, is a CPA, and at the beginning of 2020, co-founded an event company focused on relationships called Real Social. After organizing a Valentine's Day singles mixer, she was planning the company's second event when the state ordered the first shutdown. Since events were out of the question and Zach had more time to focus on his hobby, they decided to go all in on starting an ice cream business they name Sage Creamery. Their unique flavors using local products include Paniolo hot chocolate made with Manoa cacao and Hawaiian chili peppers and Keave honey lavender. The owner spoke with HBR's Jason Ubai about the inspiration behind their company's name and starting a company during COVID times. For me, as far as, you know, desserts are concerned, ice cream is like the best thing in the world. So like growing up when I was um, probably around, you know, age of seven or eight, I have you know really good memories of, you know, my family, like all of us eating ice cream and, you know, my dad busting out. The, the briars container from the store and we just be sometimes before dinner sometimes after dinner it was just kind of like good memories with that so i really loved ice cream more recently after we uh me and courtney would go traveling you know to different states or different you know sometimes different countries for me at any point i would basically stop off and at least try some ice cream shops that were in the area and you know in, in trying other ice creams around the uh, the U.S. mainland, you know, found that there's all these flavors that Hawaii really didn't have or offer. And um, I, th- I, feel, I felt like the quality was, you know, at certain shops were a lot higher, and, and I couldn't really find that here. So um, I set out to kind of make my own at home. And so probably around five years ago is when I bought my first ice cream machine. And um, it was a, a home model, a Cuisinart. I bought it for 20 bucks off of Craigslist and um, yeah I started to make ice cream at home and I didn't know what I was doing so I bought you know a bunch of cookbooks started to turn out little batches using local ingredients only using you know try to use organic as much as possible and you could really taste the quality so the product was in my opinion it was better than what I could buy in the store and so that's really where it started for me as far as as making ice cream. 
I mean, it didn't dawn on me to, you know, really turn it into a business. It, it, it kind of just happened, uh, I guess we say organically, but it, it, it felt like it just, I guess it was kind of like destined. It was kind of always on this path of starting my own business, but also, you know, ice cream made sense because it was something that I really cared about as far as the, the quality. And so as far as our, our name, Sage Creamery, uh, that didn't come about really until my, my brother had passed. And um, that was around two years ago. Uh, actually, uh, August 7th, 2018, he, he passed away from cancer. And um, it was really after going through that and really seeing how he or how he lived, but also in, in his passing, we learned all of these kind of amazing things about him by reading his journals and you know, really found out that well, he lived his life in a way that was like uh, like a sage. So we kind of refer to him as the, the living sage, and that he was wise, and we, we didn't really understand that most of the times. But, um, but yeah. Losing Daniel was just really um, surprising, you know, borderline tragic, because he was only 36 years old at the time. And we, from the time he was diagnosed with, lymphoma he he died a short four months later so just going through that experience was I mean it was you know anyone who has experienced that in their family losing a sibling I mean it's one of the most heartbreaking things anyone can go through but we were able to find like we, we really learned a lot in his death um, I think you've also seen how many people Daniel has inspired, you know, not just in his life, but in his death. And yeah, like there are just things that when Daniel was alive, he was just, I don't want to say peculiar, but there were just certain things that, you know, Daniel would do that we didn't quite understand or couldn't comprehend. But that was because Daniel was someone who didn't really care what anyone thought. He was very focused on being true and authentic to himself. And in doing that, he, I mean, he, he traveled to the Amazon. He, like, by himself, he did so many things that ultimately led to a very fulfilling life in those short 36 years. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the origin of this sage nickname. And the other thing, too, is that he had told us that before he died, the only thing that he regretted was not starting his own business. He was actually in the process of trying to start his own um, float tank business. But he said, you know, he doesn't know why. Maybe it was the fear that prevented him, but that that was his one regret. So anyways, it kind of just all came together when, you know, after Daniel passed, and, and then I feel like we all kind of had like a renewed sense of like, we need to do what what lights our fire, you know? Like, whatever we're passionate about, that's what we need to do. And when it came time to naming this ice cream business, I mean, it really was just so fitting to take the name stage and and have that be basically the, the intention of this new business. Great that you're able to honor him. Mm-hmm. through the company and through the name and you know every time you can remember his life every time you open a pint of ice cream what do you think is the biggest challenge 
that you've had so far with opening a business during this time? Our biggest challenge has just been balancing our relationship with this new venture. Because of the fact that this kind of just happened, like Zach was able to release batches online and people just responded so well. And then we just jumped in while this business was almost taking off on its own. It's not something we planned for. And so in that, trying to figure out who's doing what and then having our 12 and a half year relationship be a factor in all of that that's just been that's been something that has been a bit challenging but but I will also say rewarding as well obviously in any work environment the relationships um, whether it's a coworker or your boss or whoever it is I mean yeah that's definitely you know how to navigate it your your work relationship and also our relationship of 12 years trying to navigate that is is obviously a challenge but as far as, you know, starting it up during COVID, the interesting thing, I think, for me is I didn't really find it difficult to put my focus and energy uh, onto it. Once, I, once we came up with the name and we, you know, we kind of talked about the brand and the, the vision, I guess, that we had for it, it was really easy as far as, you know, like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to launch it. I think it's just the with every, I guess, business owner, you know, you go through the growing pains of, you know, all the things you didn't plan for. So, you know, if we're going to make ice cream, uh, we weren't planning on like, okay, we're, we're about to sell out. So we need to get more ingredients. So it's really like the sourcing, uh, making sure that we're staying on top of, you know, our inventory and the fact that we're using organic dairy. Um, pretty sure we're the only company uh, in, in Hawaii that, that's sourcing it from uh, this, this uh, farm in California, it, it was a challenge in that, the logistics of setting that up. So I, I, we needed to just, you know, troubleshoot and figure that part out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just working out the kinks and the logistics of everything has been a challenge, but I think every business owner goes through that. But like Courtney mentioned, biggest challenge also is navigating our relationship through, yeah. uh, through life and also through the business. I, I do think, too, like we're fortunate that although it's, you know, these crazy COVID times, as you can tell, like most of the challenges aren't coming from COVID. In fact, it it almost feels as though this whole pandemic almost offered us like more opportunity because really our initial launch was offered online where we were offering um, like drive-by pickups and free delivery. And really, you know, ice cream is this, the ultimate, comfort food right and not only that but it's it's a affordable luxury you know in a time where people need to be mindful of their budgets like this is something that people can kind of splurge on without breaking the bank we're very fortunate that covid actually brought us more opportunities and challenges Our interview with Sage Creamery owners originally aired nearly a year ago in August of 2020 so our Russell Sobiano called them up to see what else was new you have some new locations, right? Yeah. So we're, as far as our farmer's market uh, locations, we're still at the Honolulu uh, Blaisdell Market on Wednesday um, and Mililani on Sunday, but we also added Kailua Farmer's Market on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. 
And we've also added some retail spaces. So we started off in Diamond Head Market and Grill, and then Kokua Market. We're now in Feast. Uh, we're in restaurants like the First Hawaiian Bank Bankers Club uh, and Chad, yeah, Chad Lu's Coffee Roastery out in Kailua. Have you guys gotten any interest from any restaurants? Oh, we have, yeah. Nothing nothing official. It's kind of like just been in talks, I guess. We that sent them some samples and... And things like that, but we haven't solidified anything. But I think as you know, things started to open up, especially over this past this summer with the COVID restrictions kind of lessening. Then restaurants are getting busier, and yeah, they, we've had some couple of emails and inquiries mm-hmm. about about that. Yeah, a couple of restaurants out in Waikiki, actually. Yeah, that's good to hear, Courtney. I assume that you're the money person in the <laughs> business, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so you were saying before that sales has been really good for you guys in the last year. Mm-hmm. We've at least like doubled everything that we're doing. I mean, it just comes with the expansion in where we're being carried and the markets. But yeah, volume has, has been consistent and, and growing, especially compared to last year. Has the business grown to a point where this is your, your full-time occupation? Yeah, it is. It, it was very quickly after we... We went in on the farmer's market. Both Zach and I were able to do Sage Creamery full-time. So we're both doing it full-time now, and we've also been able to add on employees as well. Yeah, we brought on one guy full-time, and then we have a couple of part-timers uh, working with us. So the, the employees that you guys hired, do they help you make the ice cream, or are they helping with sales at the markets? Mainly uh, in the kitchen. So that's kind of where the help is, is needed. You'll, you'll mainly see me me and Courtney at the markets, but uh, kind of, you know, they're, they're plugging in right along with us, too. So wherever wherever the help is needed, whether it's kitchen or at the, the markets, I mean, they're, they're able to, to kind of plug in with us. Yeah, it's kind of like even us, right? We're still, not only are we the owners and the managers, but we're also the janitors and mm-hmm. everything else. So <laughs> they kind of just go wherever is needed at the time. I know this kind of started out as Zach's hobby, but now that you guys are concentrating on this full time, what's what's kind of the the biggest surprise about running a, a small business? Hmm. <laughs> biggest surprise? Yeah, uh, I'd say that we're that we're both still here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, t- together, and actually, we we recently got engaged, so that's kind of a big thing. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, so like I guess that that is though the biggest surprise that we work together, but also that it that we're still here. Like it's work. Yeah. All right on. Did you guys set a date for the wedding yet? Yeah, we're looking at February of of twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty two. Oh, twenty twenty two. Sorry. That's why I'm here. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. I I bet the dessert is gonna be out of this world at the wedding too right <laughs> yep of course yeah yeah we will have definitely have some some form of ice cream there yeah creamery for everyone and what about new flavors i see the flavors on your website are there any special flavors in the works for august well this month uh, july is national ice cream month so we've been rotating like a featured flavor every week and this week we're doing a lily koi crumble, which is like cream cheese ice cream with lily koi jam and like a baked oat crumble that we, we make in-house. And over the over the past month, we've done, you know, a s'mores flavor. What's another flavor we did? Oh, uh, we did like a mint and cookies, which we named Thick Mints. 
not thin mints, but thick mints. Yeah. And what was the the first one was our uh, we brought back our black sesame, which is always a crowd favorite. Oh wow. But, yeah, some some in the works for August. Yep, in the works is I wanted I've always wanted to make an olive oil ice cream. Found the um, olive farm on Maui and uh, just got just got a shipment of olive oil. So hoping to make Maui olive oil ice cream. That sounds interesting. We'll have to yeah. <laughs> we'll have to come out and try that one. And uh, you you had mentioned to me before that you guys were working on an ice cream truck. Is there anything you can share about that? Yeah. So I think when we last did the interview, I think we had said that we were just looking, or that that was kind of like a future goal. And yeah, we we're actually able to 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 buy a truck. So we have the truck with us now, and we're having it built out as we speak. Hopefully, in the very near future, yeah, there'll be a stage ice cream truck out on the out on the streets. Yeah, our hope is that it's like nostalgic of those old school ice cream trucks, yeah. and that we can also incorporate, you know, some modern technology of, you know, you can place your order for ice cream online, and we can have it delivered right to your door. That's the ultimate goal. That was Zach Villanueva and Courtney Rowe, owners of Sage Creamery, talking with our Russell Sabiano. You may be familiar with the Pigeon Moji app. It was created in 2017 by two brothers who grew up in Wailua on Oahu's North Shore, Kauhele Carlos and Kamalu Alameda. The app has dozens of pigeon theme emojis like Broke the Mouth and Why Bada You that you can use in text to crack up your friends and family. The company eventually grew to a lifestyle brand, offering shirts and other items featuring the fun emojis. And this month, the brand expanded again to fortune cookies. The pigeon emoji fortune cookie is completely made here in Hawaii, from the wafer to the writing. It features over 150 fortunes, like the key for success is for start before you're ready, all written in pigeon. The conversation's Lillian Song sat down with Ka'ohele Carlos to learn more. The origin of the company, it was connection with my brother. If I were to associate a word with it, it's pilina. So in Hawaiian, it's that, you know, that connection that you create with people through shared experiences. And that's basically what pidgin is, right? Cultures from all around the world coming to Hawaii, needing that kind of common bond with each other. I currently live in Los Angeles. After I graduated from UH, I moved to L.A. work for Amazon. Uh, I run the team that does Prime Video. I've been in the industry for quite some time, so my world is all about entertainment, all about tech, and my brother still lives on the island. We were texting all the time, always in pigeon. I was like, oh, I wish I had like an emoji that would go with these phrases. And since that didn't exist, I, I created it. And then my friends started seeing it, they're like, oh, I want that, so I launched it as an app, and then that took off. You know, if I'm at the airport and I'm wearing one of the, the shirts that say, how's it? And I could be anywhere in the world, like someone from Hawaii is going to walk up to me and we're going to talk pigeon. And it's, it's a way to connect with people. So for someone who's just hearing about you, going to your website, you've got a pigeon dictionary. Yeah. If you go to pigeonmoji.com, today's National Fortune Cookie Day. And so you'll see 
our fortune cookie t-shirts featured. You'll be able to link over and buy the fortune cookies. Each fortune is in Pigeon, so that's fun and something that you can buy and connect with family and friends as you kind of share what your fortune is in Pigeon. A few people that I work with in the mainline, they're like, well, what is, what is this? I don't get it. And so, you know, for those who do know Pigeon, it's a great way just to kind of read through and get some humorous interpretations. And then for those who don't know Pigeon, it's a, a learning experience. Good point. So how about we just kind of walk through this together? Do you have your phone? I do. Okay, so I'm scrolling through the H's, and the word is Haunas. H-A-U-N-A-S. Haunas. Yeah. As you'll see in our Pigeon Dictionary, we have several interpretations, and so these are submitted from various people, currently friends and family, but, you know, I'll get people that send me emails, just contact at pigeonmoji.com, and they'll say, oh, I have the best interpretation for this. And so everyone can feel free to, to email over, and I'll, I'll put it in our dictionary. But haunas, basically it means exceedingly foul-smelling, but let me read one of these here. Okay. I so Kailana. How many times I gotta tell you? After football, take your shoes off and leave your dirty socks in the laundry. Oh, the thing haunas. <laughs> okay. All right, there you go. See, I can't do that at Amazon. I suppose you can. <laughs> oh, okay. And this is just a, a user submission. Yeah, yeah. In the dictionary, how many words do you have? There's about 103 words. Uh, we're expanding to include more Hawaiian words. And, you know, we get submissions all the time of just people going, you know what word you should put in? And so there's, there's a, a nice long list of things we want to add. Mm-hmm. And for your fortune cookies, though, you say you have 150 different fortunes. 150 different fortunes. You know, we wanted to make sure that, you know, when you grab a bag and you share with your friends that everyone has something unique, you know, back to Polino, you want to have that, you know, connection with people. And literally the first thing that, that I do and I see everyone else do is you open the fortune cookie, you read the fortune, you know, you bust laugh a little bit, and the first thing you do is you share it with your friend, right? So you're creating that human connection. Yes, yes. And this just came to you while you were stuck in like a COVID bubble? You know, the, the apparel did, and, and that was successful. Now this came to me from my friend Jimmy. So my friend Jimmy and I, we went to college together, and Jimmy Chan, local boy from Hilo, you know, I went to uh, Mainland after college. Jimmy stayed here, and he created a snack empire. So he, he runs a Hawaiian chip company. Uh, they make taro chips. They make all kind of good stuff. They're in Kalihi. We stayed close, and one day he said, uh, you know what, I've always been wanting to make fortune cookies, but I just don't know what to put in the fortunes. You know, something with pigeon would be great. I'm like, light bulb, all right. Well, clearly my brand is all about that, and oh my God, I can't now wait to make it and to like give it to my friends, give it to my family, and just kind of see the reactions. And so he gets full credit. You can go to Hawaiian Chip Company down in Kalihi. He's featuring it in his store. Uh, please go uh, share with some friends, buy a couple bags. But yeah, he gets full credit. You know, he created an entire empire. So if he says this is going to be successful, I'm going for it. How long back was this? Like a year ago? This was pretty quick. I'd say this was about four months ago, and I jumped on it. I recruited my dad to write fortunes and a couple friends, and I wrote some myself. And yeah, you know, I really want to support local businesses. So the fortune cookies, they're made by Hawaii Candy, and it's being sold in Jimmy's shop over at Hawaiian Chip Company. 
And, you know, all the printing of the fortunes, all the printing of labels, you know, a, a copy center. Like, I wanted to, like, spread this around the island, make sure that, you know, I'm stimulating local economy. Keeping the dollars here in the island. Yeah. We really want to uh, support local businesses. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're partnering with different businesses uh, in Hawaii and creating apparel uh, and then donating the sales of those apparels to local organizations. So just one example is my friend Kuila. Uh, he has a men's fragrance, and it's called Kingdom Volcano. And so we partnered with him to create apparel that's uh, currently on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we take you know, 100% of the profit there, and we donate it to that company's organization of choice. And so for this one, he lives in Volcano. We donate to help feed the hungry in Volcano. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're looking for other opportunities like that. Again, just to stimulate economy, you know, the series is called Local Businesses, Noka Oi, and also just give back. You know, it's important. I've been very fortunate mm-hmm. in my life, and, and I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm giving back to the people. It seems very fluid in how it was able to just flow from one concept to the next. Yeah. This is a labor of love, and so everything has just been, in Pigeon, good fun. So as long as it's, you know, it's keeping me happy and it's good fun, then I love working on it. And back to the connections. So I mentioned Kuila. After the pandemic hit, again, I did the apparel, couldn't come home. Now that I'm vaccinated, I'm like, all right, I got to get home. Because the one thing that I was hearing on the website was, okay, are you sure you're a local brand? Because it doesn't look local. And because I couldn't come home and take photos, you know, I had to use stock photography. And so the one thing that was missing was like local people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was able to come home finally and I called Quilla up. I'm like, you know what? I want to take some photos. He's like celebrity stylist. He knows everybody. He's an amazing photographer. He lives Big Island and he said, oh yeah, whatever you need. So he flew out from the Big Island. He brought a couple models. He called up all his friends. We did a big photo shoot uh, this weekend. He calls up his cousin. Oh, Brooklyn, Miss Universe. Yeah, okay, you can come down. She was one of our models. She was amazing. And, you know, she modeled our fortune cookie t-shirt. She was like reading off the fortunes. It was hilarious. But all of this is, is, again, back to connections. I'll do anything for my friends and family. And to see that they'll do anything for me and jump in, that, that's what makes it fluid. Mm-hmm. It's a way for me to stay connected to people. And it's just been good fun to like do it with friends. Oh, good for yeah. you. So right now, it's time to bring out the fortune cookies. About eight in the bag. Yep. And this is just the serendipity of a fortune cookie. Right. Okay, here, I'm going to crack it open. Okay. Here's my fortune. Keep your eyes on the stars and your slippers on the ground. Uh, You you want to talk serendipity? Look at my shirt. Same fortune Same out of 150 one. fortunes. You picked the one that I wanted to wear today. And you know, this one was special to me. I have kids, I have uh, Leia and Kara. Leia's seven, Kara is five. And I have a full time job, I got lots going on. But this is a fun project for me. And, and this is something that keeps me connected to the islands, connected to my Ohana, mm. my friends. But you know, I need to make sure that I'm rooted in my family that I'm rooted in, in taking care of my parents and, and, you know, taking care of my friends. But I always have, you know, I always want to strive and aim high. And so this is a good reminder for me to, you know, keep on hustling, but, you know, make sure that I'm grounded as well. Oh, 
Very nice. Was this one of yours? Uh, that was one of mine. Oh. I wrote that one. Yeah. Very auspicious cookie. And so, oh, your turn. Oh, okay. Well, your I'm turn, just going to take turn. the top one because that, that seems meant to be. All right. This one says, hey, you, no hoo hoo. Just cruise and good luck and come to you. All right. Nice. And these are freshly made in Hawaii. They taste good, too. They taste so good. That was PigeonEmoji.com founder Kaohele Carlos in our Lillian song. The Pigeon Emoji fortune cookie is currently available only at the Hawaiian Chip Company in Kalihi. But since we aired this story last week, Carlos says he has landed a wholesale account with Tanioka's Seafood and Catering and Kamehameha Schools just ordered 600 bags. And, you know, Carlos was generous enough to share uh, some samples of the new Pigeon Emoji fortune cookie. I have one right here. Let's see what my fortune says. Okay. Pigeon Moji. More better. You make time count and stop counting time. <laughs> Chihu. All right. That's it for today. Up tomorrow, Noe Tanigawa takes you in for an Aloha Friday edition of the conversation. Send us your stories of businesses born during the pandemic. Call our talk back line 808-792-8217 or email us at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you missed a show this week or this month, all of our shows are archived on the conversation page of our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. It's also available in the on-demand section of the HPR mobile app. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us tomorrow for more of the conversation. <music>